show, obviously. <laughs> I don't know what was more surreal last week, watching H.R. McMaster conducting a White House press conference sporting horn-rimmed glasses that he looked like he borrowed from Chuck Colson, <laughs> a famous Watergate figure. And, uh, of course, McMaster is a military man. He's the national security advisor who replaced Flynn. And watching the bizarre spectacle of Sean Spicer pointing to the reporters while McMaster is conducting the briefing. That was pretty surreal. And then, of course, the photographs of Donald Trump meeting with the Russians from the week before. He's looking more and more like Sidney Greenstreet every day. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, what a circus. Uh, obviously, uh, Trump gets a little bit of a respite on the foreign, uh, foreign trip to Saudi Arabia, Israel, and uh, the Vatican. Well, yes but. and no. I mean, uh, he uh, I don't think he'll handle the jet lag well. And he's already gone off script and is talking about, oh, I never said Israel. Yeah. When I was giving that information to the Russians, uh, never said it. Never said it. But he didn't need to. And the fact that uh, he mentioned it at all is, of course, what's really at issue here. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing that's interesting about the... They can probably deduce from whence it came, given the nature of the information. The so-called bragger uh, moment that he had with the Russians. And by the way, I did track down this strange meeting at the White House with the Russians. About two weeks ago, Rex Tillerson met Putin in Moscow. The New York Times article reported on the differences between the Russians and the Americans on various policy debates. And Rex Tillerson is actually sort of not uh, spouting the Trump line. He's actually spouting more of the Nikki Haley line, the sort of the traditional uh, Council of Foreign Relations uh, positions on Russia. And the article said that Lavrov and Tillerson were supposed to meet next week, quote unquote, in Alaska. So Trump is the one that manipulated. At Sarah Palin's for uh, yeah, where you she know, can see them. She can see Russia from. You know, and of course, Alaska used to be owned by the Russians. Uh, so I guess 150 years ago, we bought it from them. Yeah. It is 150. It was called Seward's Folly, but uh, oh. I think that turned out to be a pretty good real estate deal for the United States. Uh, so in any event, the, the whole Russian meeting itself was bizarre because it was held the day after uh, Trump fired Comey. And what's kind of emerging to me is that Donald Trump now has three major problems besides a credibility gap that is widening daily. It's almost like the cancer on the presidency. John Dean's famous meeting with Richard Nixon in mid-February. Well, the, the, the credibility gap, I mean, that suggests that at one time there once was credibility. It's a chasm at this point. A chasm is... Um, a, a gaping maw. Uh, I mean, there is such a distinction between what this guy says and what is or can be demonstrated to be factual or truthful. Uh, they're very far apart. Very far apart. And, and, and he tells the truth so infrequently. And as Dean put it so well, uh, it's, it's growing. It's compounding yeah. daily. It's growing geometrically. I think he even might have thrown in exponentially. <laughs> 
Uh, so that's one problem that Trump has of major proportions. Uh, let's remember that Congress is the only one that can actually remove the president. Richard Nixon was in, characterized as an unindicted co-conspirator when forced to resign uh, from the Watergate scandal. But I think that what, what Trump has done by his uh, absolutely unruly, childish behavior over the last six months is he's created a massive rallying around Comey problem. The FBI as an institution seems to be rallying around Comey to some extent. Comey is now perceived as a martyr rather than an incompetent. And, of course, all of these revelations about meetings regarding loyalty. And I wouldn't say that I hope you can see your way to letting this go. He's a good guy, talking about Flynn. I hope you can let this go. I don't know that that's an obstruction of justice, but what it suggests is that Trump had a motive. This meeting took place on the 14th of February, the day after Flynn was allowed to it's, resign. It's sort of uh, postured as a kind of a casual suggestion. Yeah. and this Oh, come on, be a good guy. This let, was let the go. meeting, by the way, where uh, Trump told uh, Vice President Pence and uh, Sessions to, quote, leave the room. And then Trump realized... He might be wired. He might have a tape. There better not be any tapes. And I thought, why bring that up? But Trump keeps bringing stuff up. And this sort of leaky, peaky, sneaky gate that's going on here is just out of control. I think it's pretty clear, and this is just my professional analysis, that there are people within the White House trying to get rid of Trump now. Oh, absolutely. I was going to say, I don't know if it's on your list, but I almost jumped in at the, your last sentence there saying, well, one of Trump's problems is there's somebody at the White House who's leaking. Oh, big time. At, at least the one. And, you know, last week, there just the news was just, from hour to hour, there were new bizarro developments being added to the revelations and stuff. Um that uh, one of the commentators uh, noted that usually leaks are sort of characterized as staffers trying to undermine other staffers sure. uh, over pet agendas and projects and proposals and so forth. But this has been such a relentless barrage of fairly intimate leaks that uh, it suggests that there's panic amongst the, uh, the staff well, at the White House. I don't think there's any question that Rance Priebus... <laughs> After all, he was the chairman of the RNC. He's an institutional man of the Republican Party. I think that there's definitely at this point almost a semi-conspiracy afoot involving him and Mike Pence to get rid of Trump. Uh, Pence will, of course, play the loyal VP man in public. Which Pence does. has his own problems, though, yeah. with regards to truth-telling. Sure. And, and the chronology of, well, what's our story now? Because he said, oh, I didn't know once upon a time. He said, I didn't know until Flynn told us. But now we have been told that they were all told weeks before that from yeah. the acting attorney general that this guy's under investigation. He's uh, blackmailable. Um, so Pence himself has lied on at least three occasions. And, of course, so is Sessions. And I would suggest that Sessions is probably in cahoots with Bannon. And uh, I hate to say this, but Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, 
I'm starting to think a cat on a hot tin roof. <laughs> Big data, there's a whole lot of mendacity going on here. There's a whole mighty powerful smell of mendacity. <laughs> Who's Brick? <laughs> brick. Yeah, it's one of those great uh, movies that you got to see. It's uh, based on a Tennessee Williams poem, but of course, uh, imagining uh, Ivanka Trump calling tr- her father. Big Daddy. Big Daddy is uh, quite believable. Well, you know, I actually wonder if maybe she might be a leaker, too. Oh, yeah. She's got to be leaking. Yeah, I think so. Uh, there have allegedly been shouting matches uh, involving Trump and McMaster. Mm-hmm. Um, Who is supposed to be another adult in the room, so he's like one of the vaguely uh, appropriately appointed individuals. Well, he is, but as, quote, national security advisor, you're beginning to wonder if he's more like a a Henry Kissinger that focuses on the big picture abroad mm. versus a Condoleezza Rice, who was more of a staffer for George Bush. She was no national security advisor. Uh, and we'll get to that in a second. But... Uh, yeah, this is becoming fascinating. I don't know if Sean Spicer is going to make it to the 4th of July. He looks like he's on the verge of a nervous breakdown. But, yeah, when you have Kellyanne Conway, of all people, being dusted off to address the media at 10 at night as a spokesperson with partial information about what's actually going on, and she's already proven that she's, A, not credible, and, B, not very good at doing that sort mm. of thing. Telling uh, Sean Hannity, of all people, that uh, she feels like she needs to take a bath after lying for Trump. Oh, I don't know if that was Hannity. I think that was Was uh, the Morning Joe Oh, the Morning Joe characters. Okay. Uh, She now denies having said that. Right. Of course. (laughs) But, uh, you know, hey, it doesn't matter what she says because... Who knows what's true? Right, and there are probably some junior staffers that are... (coughs) Trump apparently has this kind of in-and-out motion of people. It's sort of uh, the way people have described his conduct in the White House is that it looks like a Louis XIV court of people moseying in and out. Speaking of the Louis XIV court, the uh, regal reception that the Saudis uh, laid out for uh, Mr. Trump and his entourage... <clears throat> well, you know, why not go to the despot first? The only country owned and named for the family uh, who own it. <clears throat> uh, the the sword dance was uh, was entertaining, and yeah, uh, y- you wonder uh, the extent to which they are aware of his entertainment needs, uh, since anything can happen there. Yeah. Well, one. What can... happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and what happens in Riyadh stays in Riyadh. And... Exactly, and one can imagine uh, Donald Trump uh, uttering the infamous phrase, Melania will always have Riyadh. (laughs) Speaking of Sidney Greenstreet, but yeah, this chronology is beginning to get uh, fascinating with details of just mind-boggling stuff, but I want to emphasize, and of course Roger Ailes dies at the end of the Mm. week to top things off, uh, we don't need to talk about that despicable fool. Uh, but when you have senators saying uh, the Trump presidency is in a downward spiral, that's a corker. 
Pat Toomey said there needs to be some serious changes at the White House immediately. <laughs> Even Mitch McConnell calls for less drama. I don't care about the drama. I'm enjoying the farce. <laughs> it's, it's pretty farcical. It's it's humorous. Uh, it, I mean, it's it's reached a point of uh, amusement to me. Well, uh, to this afternoon, it's being announced that uh, Michael Flynn is pleading the fifth. Well, that's and, no surprise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is. It's a criminal investigation. And that's the thing. You see, one of the problems with uh, these sorts of scandals is when uh, well-heeled people uh, realize they might be going to jail. They're not as willing to fall on their sword as Donald Trump may uh, think they might be. Uh, I don't know why Michael Flynn was hired to begin with. Uh, there have been numerous reports now that indicate that Trump was briefed even before he was inaugurated that there were problems with Flynn. Never well, mind was, the Sally Yates uh, <clears throat> notification uh, on the 26th. Obama, in his last month or so as president, said, "Hey, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't hire this guy." And I mean that, but that's the Trump psychology: is you're going to tell me I shouldn't do this? Well, uh, screw you! I'm yeah. doing it. Well, and that's the thing about Trump's policies: is he's going so far out of his way, bending over backwards practically to uh, reverse everything that Obama's done. <laughs> that uh, um, he just just undoing himself. Um, and there's clearly serious problems with the coordination of messaging. And with Donald Trump, I don't know what the message is other than he's not very well informed about things. I have yet to hear that a press spokesman say that all previous statements by the president are inoperative, but uh, I can see that coming soon. <laughs> Maybe after he gets back from uh, the Vatican, hopefully he will purchase some indulgences while he's there. But, uh, yeah, the loyalty dinner, you know, the this is fascinating. This is uh, this comes the day after uh, Trump had been informed about problems with Michael Flynn. This is from the acting attorney general, Sally Yates. Remember, Trump fired her. Flynn was allowed to resign. Uh, I think one major question of the investigation needs to be, why was Sally Yates fired on the 30th of January? Uh, the explanation is that uh, it had something to do with the travel ban. I don't buy it. Trump, of course, has asserted that the travel ban was unveiled very smoothly. It's not my recollection of that weekend. That was total chaos. Nobody in the government knew what the heck was going on. There were problems with INS versus TSA, you know, all this bureaucracy of the government. And the protests were immediate. And the protests were immediate. There was massive confusion. This was unearthed at like 4.40 on Friday afternoon where only about, about half of Washington was probably on 4.95 already yeah. going home, beating the rush hour, of course. Beating the rush hour means you're actually creating a new rush hour, but <laughs> never mind. Um, so, yeah, the, the government was in a total chaos for a couple of days. Lawsuits ensued, and the travel ban is, uh, well, it's still being evaluated by our courts, but uh, that's one policy that Trump uh, did not succeed in executing. I would... 
advise Mr. Trump, by the way, if you want to reform immigration, you gotta you gotta legislate, dude. We have a federal immigration law from nineteen sixty five, one from nineteen eighty six, which is called the Amnesty uh Simpson Mazzoli Act. If you want to reform immigration, you gotta get your hands dirty and start talking to Congress. Otherwise the courts quite frankly, are going to enforce previous uh, rulings on immigration. And they're not uh, conducive to what you're trying to do, whatever it is, because I can't figure out what Trump is trying to do. The good news is the government did uh, pass uh, the Obama budget. You don't have to worry about the government being shut down till October 1st. But what's going to happen going forward is anybody's guess. Uh, this legislative agenda well, are off. is it's in the sewer. <clears throat> and, uh, I don't know, numerous positions in the government have not been filled. I don't know of any rational person right now that would want to join the Trump administration. Well, probably those who are within a certain circle have already been advised to lawyer up. Yeah. So... Uh... The exodus may soon begin. Indeed. Departures. And how strange to see H.R. McMaster sporting Charles Colson glasses with a visit to the G. Gordon Liddy Barbershop. <laughs> yeah, that was on the front page of uh, Wednesday's that, uh, that That picture is surreal. Uh, you can l- look at McMaster's face and he, you know that he's going, what am I doing here? Well, supposedly at the end of either this or the previous encounter where he was, uh, uh, previous exchange where he was uh, encountered some reporters in a hallway and was asked uh, to comment on this, he, he walked away muttering, this is the last thing in the world I wanted. Right. <laughs> so, of course, he had to uh, come out and defend the idiocy of The Apprentice. Uh, is Steve Bannon the sorcerer? Donald Trump, of course, claims there's a witch hunt going on. It's pretty uh, pretty convincing when you're wearing the hat of a witch. <laughs> well, I mean, this uh, speech that he made, a commencement address to the uh, Coast Guard mm-hmm. Institute, where he lamented, uh, I mean, you're not supposed to really, this guy cannot stop talking about himself. And no, he poor can't. me. And I, I su- suppose he probably even mentioned, you know, yeah, I won that election, but it was huge. It was it was huge. Uh, but uh, to tell the Coast Guard graduates, these young ensigns, that never let anyone stop you. You know, just keep going. Never with, give up. Never give up. Never give up. But boy, they sure keep picking on me, and I'm going to complain about it a little bit here while I got the microphone in front of sure. my face. And nobody's ever been treated worse. No president has ever been treated worse. Well, I don't know. I think uh, Abe Lincoln took one for the team. Yeah. Uh, John Kennedy uh, may be treated worse. Yeah. <laughs> James Garfield, even. Uh, Four of them. Yeah. Assassinations. So, uh, yeah, I think a few presidents have been treated worse. but And there's even some suspicious evidence that Warren G. Harding might have been poisoned. Uh, Teapot Dome uh, was a scandal uh, in the midst of the death of Warren G. Harding in office, but that's uh, for another investigation somewhere down the line. I'd also like to call into question Donald Trump's analysis of the Middle East. 
um, he seems to be kind of confused. He has this idea in his head that Russia is going to cooperate with the United States with ISIL. Well, perhaps. But I'd like to point out to Mr. Trump, uh, since apparently Henry Kissinger <laughs> didn't give him the briefing, or gave him the briefing and Trump already forgot it, that Russia is a is is a imperialistic power. Putin operates very similar to Stalin in terms of what we call the sphere of influence concept of foreign policy. Russia's main interest is protecting their naval and air force base on the Mediterranean. Warm water port, that's their only access. That is their numero uno goal. And their number two goal is bolstering Assad. ISIL is far down on the list. And yet Trump has this bizarre notion, and by the way, this is complicated, because Iran backs Assad. So going to Saudi Arabia and creating this kind of Monarchian world of good and evil in the Middle East doesn't get the picture straight. The Saudis have been involved in all sorts of shenanigans in the Middle East. Wahhabism is one of the extremist uh, interpretations of Islam. I mean, ISIL is the remnants of the Iraq war. The Bush misguided Iraq invasion and failed occupation. These are, this was called Al-Qaeda in Iraq. They're Sunnis. Saudi Arabia's exact role in backing ISIL has never been confirmed, but it's quite clear that Saudi Arabia is trying to overthrow, is involved in the overthrow of Assad. So this is very, very shifting alliances. Uh, this idea that the Saudis are somehow on Israel's side is another absurdity. <laughs> Well, the U.S. can't be seen as picking sides between Sunnis and Shia. No. And let's remember that Iraq, that failed uh, invasion and occupation, Iraq is a pro-Iranian government. They are currently clearing ISIL out of West Mosul with the American support. And, of course, American is America is supporting some Kurdish factions— but these are the Shiites that Trump is denouncing in his speech before this. Who would be a natural ally against ISIL. Yeah. So he, he doesn't seem to have his chessboard cl cleared up very well. He's playing one-dimensional chess with two pieces, and his hands are tied behind his back. So he, he's gotten serious uh, serious failures of understanding of what's actually going on in the Middle East today. And as I've pointed out over the last couple of weeks, the most troubling thing about what's happened under the Trump presidency so far, besides the pollution, the outright support of pollution, his executive orders, allowing companies to dump uh, dirty water into streams and that kind of thing, is the covert expansion of our war sphere. It's now in Somalia. It's in Yemen. Mm -hmm. Why would the United States want to continue this attack on Yemen, which is a country that all human rights experts point out has cholera, it has famine? Patrick Coburn in the London Review of Books has pointed out that the 
Iranian backing of the Houthi rebels is way overstated, that this is not actually what's going on, that this is Saudi Arabia settling scores from the first Saddam Hussein war in 1991, 1990. Yemen was one of the only countries to support Saddam Hussein. Uh, this was related to the invasion of Kuwait. Kuwait, of course, a monarchy. America making the world safe for monarchy again. Well, the Yemenites probably saw the uh, grab there uh, as something that they might aspire to towards Saudi Arabia, or at least that would be the Saudi interpretation. Yeah, well, as Patrick Coburn pointed out, about 900,000 Yemenis men, young men, mm -hmm. uh, were basically exiled from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia doesn't actually have slavery, but it has a... Many, 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 many guest workers, they're Guest called. workers. Indentured servants. Uh, not the best living conditions often. Um, lawn jockeys, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's pretty frightening. Uh, and, and, of course, the scrutiny of Saudi Arabia is, 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 is one of those things that the United States is reluctant to go into for a variety of reasons. These arms sales, by the way, uh, were suspended. Donald Trump didn't pass some new magic deal. The, the, this arms deal was passed by Obama, but he suspended the arms sales because of civilian attacks by the Saudi Air Force. So what's going on in Yemen is, you know, it, we're not getting the full story. And, of course, Donald Trump's first uh, military uh, decision was to drop Navy SEALs into Yemen. Uh, there are lawsuits over that, by the way. Uh, the Navy SEALs discovered that the Yemenis are actually more heavily armed than the Texans. <laughs> and I'm, I laugh about that because, you know, we get all this craziness about the Second Amendment here in the United States. How bizarre that the university, that Georgia and Arkansas are contemplating allowing people to bring guns into football games. <laughs> you know. What possible reason could there be to do so? Let's have a shootout on the 40-yard line between uh, Joe and Dale. You've been sleeping with my wife. You spilled beer on me. Talk about chaos. So, yeah, this is uh, Donald Trump. He doesn't seem to have a clue even about uh, any of his responsibilities. I'm convinced that Betsy DeVos needs to give Donald Trump a school voucher. <laughs> he needs to go to some eighth-grade civics courses. Maybe learn a little bit about his job as president. Because this uh, idiocy of his apprentice is getting old and scary. Threatening the FBI director. There better not be tapes. Well, then denouncing the sacked FBI director in private session with the Russians. Yeah, nut job. Saying he's a nut job. Uh, this takes some pressure off me. Whoa. As if it took pressure off him. Right. It's like, no, you've misinterpreted the you events. Said you... that out loud <laughs> to the Russians. That's something one might think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine saying that one out loud. Yeah, it's uh, it's very strange. Comey will testify in June.
before the Senate uh, committee. And, of course, you know, shortly after uh, Flynn was uh, allowed to resign and Trump had the uh, the meeting that's marginal obstruction of justice. I hope you can see your way to letting this go. He's a good guy. I hope you can let it go. That's when Trump began attacking the media, began calling the media the enemy of the people. Two days later, that's his new, uh, I'm angry and I'm going to lash out at the media because of what happened to Flynn. He took the resignation of Flynn a little personal, and you begin to wonder why. We know that Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, and Michael Flynn are under investigation. That's clear cut. Manafort and Stone have cooperated and have turned over documents and have agreed to uh, testify. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not looking very good for the humpster. But he is on that spinning wheel, that hamster wheel. He's running around, and he's thinking about himself 24-7. 24-7. Maybe uh, since it looks like they've started with the Saudis first, now he's in Israel, he's going to end up visiting the Pope. Maybe by then the jet lag will be so extreme they can take him to Lourdes. He'll have a vision of the Blessed Virgin, a conversion, uh, renounce his sinful and egotistic ways and commence forth with a new spirit of brotherhood and compassion or probably not nah you can't teach old dogs new tricks or dumb ones i think that the uh the line to melania will always have riyadh boy that needs to be made into a, a movie Oh, wait a minute, it has been. <laughs> well, we've got to watch the reality TV show version of it before it can be a film. It's got Sidney Greenstreet in it. <laughs> mm, mm, yes, that's right. Mm. Excellent. Anyway, <clears throat> the, uh, we'd like to uh, remind you that you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We've had a guest uh, engineer this evening, Ted. Mannheim, who is the master of Bill Monroe for breakfast in the Down Home Show. And all things polka. And polka Hannes, too. <laughs> no, wait, polka music, not yeah. polka Hannes. Now, the Down Home Show with Tex uh, on Saturday afternoons is a real treat, folks. Uh, I don't know if there is a DJ in the United States that plays this kind of music this well. He knows everything about this genre the show is thematically entertaining and can only be characterized as brilliant and that's one characterization that donald trump (laughs) will never have do stay tuned yazoo city calling coming up next right here on this fine station
this is Peter Bergman. And this is Philip Proctor. And you know what this country needs is more great radio stations like WCBN-FM. Ann Arbor. That's the Cuban Blue Network here in Ann Arbor.